Welcome to the Soul's Way podcast. This is your host, Emily Ann Brandt. I am a proud First Nations Mohawk author, speaker, and mentor here to meet you at the intersection of personal development and decolonization. I truly believe that when we see ourselves and one another, mind, body, emotion, and most of all, soul and spirit, we can break through systematic, ancestral, and generational ways of being that we came here to disrupt and rise above. We can lean into the ways that heal our spirits. I know we can do this through honest conversations, radical responsibility, and healing together in community. Through my stories and the incredible conversations with some truly amazing guests, my hope is that you leave each episode with a more open heart and that you feel emboldened in your medicine and your voice, knowing your ripple effect matters. Our ripple effect matters. Thank you for being here. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Soul's Way podcast. An extra warm hello if it's your first time here. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Lately, I have been in the question answering zone, and that is no different today. I am answering another, actually two questions from our community that we are blending into one episode here because these questions go hand in hand. So earlier, and actually this is 25 weeks ago, according to my notes on Facebook, so I'm so sorry for the massive delay. 25 weeks ago, someone on Instagram asked me to share how I navigate relationships with clients and boundaries between coach, like coach and client boundaries. And then more recently, we had a question from Faye who is asking about, let me just find the exact phrasing of the question here. A decolonial approach to resolving and repairing conflict in interpersonal and community spaces. Another thing I'm interested in is creating healthier relationships out of interdependence instead of codependence in coaching. Okay, wonderful questions. So we are going to talk all things um, resolving conflict, creating healthy boundaries, and avoiding codependence in coaching. So this is going to apply to you if you are a coach, if you are a space holder, um, a healer, a medicine person, a leader in any way, someone who holds space for others, I think this can really apply to you. And it can also apply to you as the listener for things that you can look for in a leader um, so that you can be in environments where conflict and boundaries and things like this are being navigated in a more decolonized approach. So thank you for these incredible questions. Let's start with how to resolve and repair conflict from a decolonized perspective. So I think the biggest thing with this is the de-pedestaling yourself as the leader, which is what, in my opinion, um, and what I've seen modeled by my elders is what decolonized leadership looks like, or rather re-indigenized leadership, I should say. Um, that's something that's coming up a lot lately too is should we even be using this term decolonized or should we just be saying re-indigenize or indigenize um, or uncolonizing is another term that I've um, heard more and more recently too and that's going to be a separate episode but for the purposes of today I'm just going to maybe say decolonized or indigenized interchangeably by which I mean um, returning to more indigenous approach um, that is more reflective of how we operated before settler colonialism when it became more about hierarchy and power and control and um, individualism, right? Toxic individualism and 
this like ladder system of stepping on others to get to the top, like all of that comes from settler colonialism. So that's why it's so important to decolonize coaching so that we don't recreate systems that are oppressive and harmful. So taking an anti-oppressive lens and a decolonized lens, how I would approach resolving conflict, um, it depends on what the conflict conflict is, of course, but I wanted to start by mentioning the hierarchy and taking yourself off of any type of pedestal because this is what happens in a lot of coaching spaces where, and a lot of times coaching spaces that turn very cult-like or that are cults, um, which we're going to talk about in the next episode because I... I've been watching so many cult documentaries lately and I'm just like, I'm just on fire about this and I have personal experience as well getting out of a spiritual culty space and I have so much to unpack with you. So we're going to talk about that, like how to not be a cult and how to look for red flags of a cult in the next episode. But um, taking yourself off the pedestal is so important so that it's not like anyone who disagrees with the coach is going to have a problem, right? Or they're going to be asked to leave the group um, it's kind of like the coach is the be-all, end-all. They have all the answers. That is, of course, not a decolonized approach, not the approach I would take or I would recommend. And I've had, maybe they don't say it in those words, but I've had coaches recommend that to me. I've had them say, um, I've, I've gone to a coach one time saying, oh, my client is giving me this feedback about the mastermind and saying, you know, is there anything else we're going to learn? This is not what I was expecting. And so how should I respond? What should I do? And now this is probably not even a question that I would bring to a mentor. I just don't, I don't source those types of answers externally anymore. But anyways, this is a, this is a couple of years ago, um, three years ago. And the coach said to me, you know, the client is paying you because they want what you've created. And at this point it was like, I had created 5k months a couple of times and I was teaching others how to create that in their business. So she was like, with all due respect, you just say like, with all due respect, you know, I've, I know how to create 5k months. I'm the one that's done it and you haven't. So like, I know what's best for you basically. And if you haven't created the 5k months, then you don't know what you need. And so she essentially encouraged me to reiterate that I know what she needs. Um, and I did not end up taking that advice because it just didn't sit well with me didn't resonate with my ways of being and how I wanted to be in relationship with this client. So I was like, actually, what types of material do you want to see? Like, how can I work co-creating this space together? It was the first round of this mastermind that I was creating at the time. Like, this is the first iteration. So we can co-create. We can, um, you know, we can work together. Let me know what you would like to see. And so that's the approach that I took instead. Um, And that's kind of how I approach everything is just it's very relational so um, maybe it's not something when I think of decolonized or indigenized approaches I think of community everybody sitting in a circle everybody having their voice matter everyone getting to use their voice and weigh in and be seen and validated and appreciated for the gifts that they bring and that said there is still if you're the facilitator you're the facilitator right you're still it's still your responsibility to lead the group and serve the group um, and I've been listening to some really good podcasts lately. One of them is called the Unleading, Unleading Project, I think, or Unleadership Project um, by Dr. Vidya Shah. I only listened to one episode so far, but um, she was a keynote speaker at at my work, uh, at my place of work last week, and is incredible. And in one of her panel conversations, someone was tiny. I don't remember who. I'm so sorry, but one of them was talking about how one of their elders recently shared that. 
a leader is actually um a leader gives more than the community that they're serving like a leader um has less than their community in a sense because they're they're so committed to service and it reminds me of braiding sweetgrass and robin wall kimmerer the quote i always share about leadership being more about community and wisdom and service than it is about power and control and that is very much the indigenous um lens on leadership and i would say it, it definitely applies to repairing conflict as well so just being in service to people um obviously if there's like a lot of tensions or emotions are high or people are in a really activated state then there's you know there's going to be different approaches you have to take based on what's going on sometimes it is appropriate to address things as a group if there's group settings that you're running and sometimes it's not sometimes it needs to be an individual one-on-one conversation if there's like sensitive information or if that person's gonna you don't want to like single anyone out or make them uncomfortable that's what uh, cult leaders do (laughs) when someone doesn't agree with them or is creating conflict they will get the group to gang up on them and embarrass them and ostracize them Um, and that's not what we want to do so that's the that's the approach I would take on that just being remembering it's all very relational being okay with um, receiving feedback but also that you don't it doesn't mean receiving feedback doesn't mean that you just like roll over and give the upset client whatever they want of course but being fair and being reasonable um, and just being relational seeing people as individuals rather than like a contract or a number um, you know that goes a really long way so I hope that that helps the next thing is um, let's talk about codependence and how not to create codependence in your coaching spaces um, and with your clients or with your coach So there's a few things, I guess a couple things that I would say to this. The first one is that um, a big lesson, our big aha moment that I had, um, I think last year at the end of the year, I joined a group program with Asha Frost and absolutely recommend anything Asha does. She's amazing. Um, She's not a coach per se, but she's a a medicine person, a healer, a spiritual guide, um, many, many names that she goes by, but... Um, I took a group program with her and we had a Facebook group and we had group calls. And this was the first kind of group that I joined where there was no group chat because I'd been in so many um, masterminds and things where I was used to, or even memberships that came with like a Telegram or a Voxer group chat. And that's a very popular common thing for coaches to offer is that like access to me right in your back pocket, like 24 seven or like five days a week, Monday to Friday, you can ask me anything. Um, and so this was my first experience in not having that. And what I realized at first, I was like, oh, I really love joining. <laughs> I love being part of groups to have like this group chat because then you have like people right there to celebrate with you when you hit a cool miles- milestone or you enroll someone in your program or I don't know, something cool happens. And also if there's a something you're working through, you get like support not only from the mentor but also from like your peers and usually pretty quickly so it's kind of like this instant gratification so I was like oh I don't know like I'm kind of sad there's no like group thing but this was the best thing ever not having a group chat in between calls allowed me to actually take what we did on the calls and implement it and stay in my own path and stay focused on my own journey Because the other thing is, as much as there's that support right there for you in the group chat, 
there's also so much noise coming at you and there's so much of other people's wins and also their struggles and also like just noise right so I was like whoa I'm actually integrating things between calls and realizing we don't need that touch point every single day with our mentors and healers and space holders right it's actually a gift that Asha gave us that space to self-implement and self-journey and um, I've grown I grew so much in in the time that I spent in her container and also I will say in the time that I spent in no containers there was a period of time where I just took a break from mentorship completely to just really find my own intuition again find my own voice again and that was a really beautiful gift to myself as well so after learning that lesson I stopped offering any programs where there is a group chat or a Voxer chat um and if I were to open one-on-one coaching again, which right now I only have my Decolonized Coach um, community, there's a one-on-one upgrade where you get a handful of one-on-one calls and a workshop for your community, and that's it. There's no chat, there's no email in between. Um, simply, A, because I don't have time for it. I work a full-time job, and it's a very, um, a quite demanding job. And um, and then I run I run my group calls as well. So I really, and I'm, those spots are super limited too. They're actually fill, uh, full right now. Um, so for that reason, but also for the reason of what I just shared is like, actually it creates so much more healthy um, independence and self-trust with your clients. I don't even know if I want to use the word interdependence because I Googled that and um, let me hear, let me just Google it again. I Googled that word. And it says the dependence of two or more people or things on each other. So for example, the new economic interdependence of the two nations. So it's still like depending on each other versus depending on ourselves and then using our coaches and our colleagues and our spaces as support, but not something we're exactly dependent on. I think community is so important and I stress this all the time Um, maybe it is interdependence. I don't know. I'm not familiar enough with the word, but I don't know if I would use that to describe my communities. Um, but in my communities, I would say it provides a ton of support. It provides for some people accountability, right? Because they know that there's live calls every single month. So if they jump on, they can share where they're at and they can share like, oh, you know what? I haven't implemented these things yet that I said I was going to do. Or, oh, you know what? My client actually called this thing to my attention the other day. And I love having this group to like talk about it and stay accountable. We also don't record our calls anymore to honor the intimacy and the vulnerability of the people who show up live. And that's a game changer as well. So you're getting like all the behind the scenes, um, cool kind of things that I've learned that have really, really just been game changer in my business. So no more group chats um, and no more recorded calls. And I try my best to honor different time zones and rotate between 7 p.m. Eastern and 1 p.m. Eastern, which is kind of like either my lunch break or weekend or evening when I have time around my on my work schedule. Um, And of course, as we grow, we'll keep we'll keep adding calls or fluctuating the times as needed. But yeah, I think it creates a healthy community without that codependence energy. Um, So just kind of like eliminating the 
amount of access to the coach or to the community in terms of it's not a 24-7 hotline, right? And it doesn't need to be. And actually people can get more transformation the more space you give them. It's like it's like a parent with, I'm not a parent, but I imagine it's like with parenting as well when you, you want to do everything for your child. Um, or for example, I have a friend, their child was um, diagnosed with autism and they were recently um, instructed to, or suggested that they, as much as they want to, to speed up the morning routine and to help their child to not jump in and do everything for their child to let her try to do as much as she can on her own even if it means getting ready in the morning takes twice as long right because her, she's not going to have the chance to develop those skills of course if the parent just comes in and helps too much so it's kind of like the same thing in coaching right if you go go in and do too much and answer every single question everyone has at you know whatever hour of the day then how are they going to grow and learn for themselves? How are they going to, like, I want people to leave and feel so empowered and self-empowered and strong and, like, they reconnected with their own intuition. So the best mentors and space holders and guides that I've ever had are the ones that point me back to myself, that just constantly remind me to come back to my own wisdom, my own intuition, and that's what creates the most change and growth. So that's what I would say about creating, um, not creating codependency, right? And also, yeah, depedestalizing yourself. I don't know if that's a word. Taking yourself off the pedestal is a, is a big part of that as well. Okay. And then client and coach boundaries. So I've already talked about how I, um, I don't have Voxer or a group chat. If you do, another thing you can do is set hours on it, right? So you can be like, my office hours are, you know, I'm, I'm in Voxer this one day a week, or you could play with five days a week, but these are my hours and not weekends. And if something gets left in here, not in those hours, it'll be checked when I'm back on Monday, or it'll be checked once a day from this window. Like you can play around with it. Um, and of course, like play around with your pricing feels like what feels good for a, a healthy exchange. Um, but you can have boundaries around that. You can have boundaries around how, uh, you know, clients can, um, boundaries is a bigger topic. Hang on. <laughs> Just let me first cover the things, the areas where you're, where you can set boundaries. Um, obvious, cause obviously as people who hold space, which is what we do as coaches, um, especially if you are an introvert, this, even though we love it, this drains our energy right? Especially introverts. Holding space for others takes a lot of energy. And just seeing people, witnessing people, helping them reach their own breakthrough, which I love, but it takes so much energy. So I have to seriously put boundaries on my calendar. I have to seriously limit the amount of one-on-one clients I can take on, the amount of call one-on-one calls or workshops or podcasts I can do in a month. Um, a, because like literally just time is limited and, um, yeah, time is limited. I've been really in demand lately for speaking and and guest podcasting, which is such I'm so grateful for it's such a blessing and learning how to say no, or um, not right now has been a huge growth edge for me. Um, And there's layers to this, right? Because as an indigenous person, especially, it can feel like 
if we miss our window of opportunity when somebody wants to work with us and lift up our voice or our work, we if we say no, it might not come around again or um, that opportunity will fade very quickly or this trending desire to amplify Indigenous voices, let's say when it's around um, September 30th and Truth and Reconciliation Day, if we say no, it's like, oh, they may not want to hear from me in November or December, right? So it can feel like, I have to take advantage of this um, and it can feel really hard to say no. So something I've been working on uh, is trusting that this is, this is not going anywhere. This is long-term. I mean, this for the long game, I connect with the energy of the Eagle and remind myself to fly high and zoom out and see the big long winding path in front of me. And I invite you to do the same and remember that you're in this for the long game and it's not, um, nothing you need to rush, especially at the expense of your own bandwidth and energy. Cause you don't, if you burn out, you can't serve anyone. So I would say boundaries around your calendar. If that's, um, something that's necessary to you right now, boundaries around, um, yeah, the amount of time you spend face to face with people. And of course with your clients too, I think the question was more around like friendship and client and coach relationship because I had done, so I had done some videos on Instagram. One of them went like mini viral, went a little bit viral, um, and got a lot of like, a lot of positive response, but also a lot of, uh, a lot of hate. And I was just sharing how a lot of coaches in this space, when they set boundaries, usually white coaches, right? When they set boundaries, it it's really... They use that word boundaries and it's really just an excuse of like, I'm going to give you even less for more money and I'm going to give you less than what you originally signed up for, for the same or more money and all in the name of self-empowerment and women empowerment. And when they set boundaries, they are respected. But when black, brown and indigenous folks and folks of the global majority set boundaries, they are not respected. So doing that and then calling it women empowerment um, is just, it, it was frustrating me. So that's where those videos came from. And then that's kind of where this dialogue started. Um, for example, another coach who I used to work with um, set boundaries, really clearly set very, very strong boundaries. It was interesting because she talked about the importance of building relationships and community, especially early on, earlier on in her um, business journey. And then I did notice a change as she got busier. And like, I understand you need to, you need to protect your inbox and things like that. But she, it became very clear that you were not allowed to send her a DM if you are not a paying client. So it was like, even if you would just DM something to, um, I don't know, share share a win with her or sh- like just share share something fun with her, right? Like you guys do all the time with me on Instagram um, and I'm gonna respond to you when I can. And if I get to the point where I can't answer all of my DMs in a day, then I'll, you know, I'll get help with that. But I'm not gonna be like, you can't message me unless you're paying me. Um, so it became very, very like unsafe to even message her unless you're a paying client or unsafe to, or unwelcome to even post in her free Facebook group. So just things like that. Um, I think the boundaries can get taken to the extreme and they're not, 
boundaries so much as they are, I don't know, greed and selfishness kind of. Um, but there is a point where you need boundaries in your inbox. For example, um, you cannot obviously be doing free mentorship in your inbox, right? Like I always welcome dialogue in my inbox. I love when people just message me to tell me a breakthrough they had or something they learned from my podcast episode or my post or something they appreciated or just share something with me that they think that I would like. Like that's amazing. I love I love it. I love that we have relationships and we're in conversation. And I did a post a while back being like, this is what my DMs are not for. Um, And that post was actually like really, really celebrated. I didn't expect it to be. I was just, you know, putting up a post with my boundaries. And then it got, it got so many likes and shares and comments. Um, I'm trying to, I'm just scrolling on my phone now to see if I can find it. But it was something like, this is what my inbox is not open for. And it was like free, you know, oh yeah, okay. Oh no, here's my, I have another boundaries post around. Interested in having me guest speak on decolonizing personal development? Here are some rules and boundaries I'm putting in place. This is a whole other discussion, but I had to put some boundaries in place around being on others' podcasts. And my request is that you take my roundtable masterclass before we chat. Um, it's only $88, but I'm happy to gift it to you if you're going to have me on your um, show, as long as you commit to watching it before we talk. Because what I was finding is with some podcasts, you could tell people were, compl- they just wanted to have me sharing about this work on their podcast to, I guess, look a certain way or look like they're doing this work. But then based on our conversations, you could tell they're saying some things that are harmful and they don't even have the basics yet and I think going through my roundtable masterclass would really help reduce the harm that I experience and also just make it a better conversation for their audience so I put that boundary I put a boundary around who I will guest speak for in terms of being in your program um, I started limiting that just for my DCC clients so that I know these are people that are in this that are doing the work long term and I feel good having my name associated with their programs and then same thing with companies um, but I cannot find the one about the DMs, but it was basically like, I'm not here for, you know, free advice giving or coaching. I'm not here for you to pitch me, um, to pitch me things. And actually I don't really get those. They go to my like spam email request box, but um, I don't really get those anymore. Um, Oh my goodness, I wish I could find it. Oh, another thing I had, because of the specific work I do, right? Another um, boundary that I had to put is that my inbox is not a place to coddle you and make you feel good about doing this work when you're not, or make you feel good um, when you're not doing this work and basically reassure you that you're a good person. Um, this is this was a thing and it has stopped since I put up that boundary. Um, but basically what I mean by that is people messaging me and being like, um, hey, like, oh my gosh, I got busy again, and I didn't attend your roundtable. I'm just so crazy busy, but I'm always thinking of you, and I do intend to do this work, and I'm going to do it very soon. And like, sometimes that's real, and I can I can feel the difference when that's real and like it's genuine, and life is busy, and you are gonna do it soon. And when you're just saying it for me to be like, oh, that's okay, don't worry, girl. Like, 
cool and reassure you that you're a good person, even though you're, <laughs> you are a good person, but you're not, you're clearly not prioritizing this work. And I'm not here to just make you feel better about that. So that's a thing I had to set a boundary around. Yeah, I cannot find the post, but that's okay. Um, and I think, so the main thing with setting boundaries is just being kind and being clear and being clear is kind, right? And then when it comes to navigating like coach friendship relationships, I am so like, I'm in my DMs all the time with my clients. I do see them as friends. I don't think that that's a problem. I know that there's so many mentors and coaches out there who are like, your clients are not your friends. Like, make sure you have boundaries and I mean, obviously, you're not going to be best friends with every single client, especially if you're serving a lot of them. But why can't you build relationships with them outside of the work? Like, why can't I talk with my clients about the renovations I'm doing on my home or what we're both learning from our workplace or bonding over like a certain band that we both love, right? Or a certain clothing company. Like, it doesn't, I, I, I have no issues being friends with my clients. But obviously, if they started to ask me for like um, decolonization advice and like things that I do for my work, I would just I'd be like, hey, did you check out module six yet? Or like, hey, come, you know, come join my program. We can talk more about this. Um, And that's just something that you got to get used to uh, doing if you're not already doing that. But I find that people people in my world are very respectful. So that's not really something that I deal with and I think we we treat people how to respect us so I think because of my body of work and all the things that I'm always sharing people just know that I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deal with that kind of stuff and I just frankly don't have the time or energy so I don't I come across really really respectful people who do honor my time my energy they're super super aware of that and they're super respectful about that so I'm really blessed in that way um but that's how I that's how I handle it. I'm clear, I'm kind, but I'm still open to being friends with my clients and being a human. And also another thing, another way that I take myself off the pedestal is that on many calls um, where we just have like live community calls, and again, they're not recorded inside the Decolonized Coach community, sometimes I'll just be like, do y'all want to hold space for me for a minute? Because something came up for me today and this is what's on my heart. Um... And sometimes I'll just, or I'll just share like, hey, this is what I'm working through. What's everyone else working through right now? And I'll share like where I'm at, where it's clunky, where it's messy, what I'm learning, what I'm unlearning. And they'll be like, wow, thank you for being a human. Thank you for letting us hold space. And they do. My clients hold space for me. Um, When I had the BIPOC only program, same thing. There was days where they held space for me and it didn't make anyone think less of me or think that I'm less of an authority or that they want their money back or anything like that. If anything, it made them appreciate me more as a mentor because they were like, oh, I can see myself in you. You're a human. You're normalizing that this work is messy and imperfect and that that's okay. So that's what I would say to that. So I hope this conversation was helpful on all things resolving conflict, setting boundaries, and reducing codependency or eliminating codependency in client-coach relationships. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time about all things cults. I want to unpack all the culty documentaries I've been watching and how to not be a cult, how to not join a culty space, what to look out for, um, and all that good stuff. So I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in. Bye, guys. Thanks again for listening today. It means so much to me. If you got any value out of today's episode and you would like to thank me, the best way that you can thank a podcaster is to share, is to subscribe and leave a review. This helps us reach more people as this podcast in this community is still growing. Speaking of community, I would love to have you in my completely free community, Let's Decolonize Coaching on Facebook. Come and join us over there. And also make sure to keep in touch on Instagram at Emily Ann Brandt. Thank you again so much for listening and I'll talk to you in the next episode.